Louis. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And this is a mini episode, which means you get one of our patented top five lists. And by patented, I mean not even remotely patented because millions of people before us have done top five and top ten lists. So really it's whatever the opposite of a patent is. Yeah, it's, it's more like, you know, public... Public domain. Public domain, that's right. the word. That's like, the hey, phrase, yeah. hey, this is a good idea that everyone else on the planet has done. I think yeah. we'll do it too. Yeah. Thanks, I'm... public domain. <laughs> I'm okay with that, strangely. It's my favorite kind of domain. It really, you know, when it comes to the domains, and there's a lot of them, yeah. public is definitely my favorite, I, I think, hands down. Yeah. As long as it's not, you know, seedy public. Right. You can go True. down some, some dark alleyways in the public domain. Right. Yes, yes. But I mean, Stay away yeah. from them, those alleyways, kids. Right. Good, good public service announcement. Yeah. I'm not a fan of imminent domain, I got to say. That's not one of my favorites, but public no. is. No. <laughs> That's true. And my mind has gone blank. I was going to say, you got got to give me credit for coming up with that one, but after that, I got nothing. (laughs) The main name? No. No. Let's move on, Mike. Okay. Let's move on. All right. We've exhausted that one. Yes. So, Phil. But if any listeners out there have other domains. Yeah, we'd we'd love love to hear them. Let's get a whole discussion going about types of domains. We're always looking for new T-shirt ideas. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Today... We are talking about some films which should or deserve a remake. Now, before you start going, oh, remakes, I can't stand them, I hate them, which always seems to happen whenever I mention them online, let's not forget, you know, there are good remakes and the original film is still there. And that's what some people seem to forget. So what are they making more remakes? They're still making original films. Just make sure you go see the original film when it shows on your local cinema or rent it from, you know, or go buy it from when it's released on DVD or Blu-ray. You know, you, you, you could be part of the problem. Let's all be part of the solution. There you go. Here's the, here's the way I approach this list. To me, it was kind of like, I'm not saying any of these films should be remade or need to be remade. Yeah. But I sort of looked at it like, well, let's say they're going to remake films. Like, they're, they're, you know, Hollywood has come to me and said, here's a, a list of films. We're going to remake all of them. Which five do you want to do first? Which ones do you want to see done well? Yeah. So that's kind of how I looked at it. It's not like I'm saying, oh, this movie should be remade. Like, I can't wait for Hollywood to make a new one. Just more of, if they're going to remake something, this one would be an interesting one to see what people could do with it nowadays yes that's got it spot on thank you thank you yes and there's quite a few actually that when i was making my list it was first i was going well that's not actually that many but then looking through films and reading about all the things suddenly going oh well yeah that'd be good right maybe this and some of them may well be you know they might be on the way to be getting remade but if they are they're still in development hell or the, the news hasn't been mentioned so some of these might get remade in the next you know few years but who knows wouldn't surprise me i'll say this about my list most of them are films with, the, with one exception, they're mostly films that I sort of like but don't love because I came across that thing where there were some films that I thought deserved a wider audience but I didn't want to see them remade because the original is so great. Yeah, yeah. And then there were some that were so bad that I just didn't care if they remade them. So these are sort of ones where I feel like they, they're films that have a lot of potential but aren't necessarily as, as good to me as I think they are to some other people. That's sort of my criteria. That makes sense. It's a, 
yeah, works for me as well. Although some of the, some of them, couple of the films I don't actually like, but well, that's fair too. Lots of people do, or they just deserve a good good film. That, I, I think that's a good way to do it. All right, well, Phil, why don't you kick us off then and go ahead and share your first film? Yeah, my first one is a 1986 film called The Wraith. Ah, yes. Directed by Mike Marvin, starring Charlie Sheen, Shaolin Fan, Nick Cassavetes, and Randy Quaid. And you hear that cast list, you're going, wow. Right, right. This, I quite like the sound of that. What could that be? It's all about some guy, some kid who gets killed, and he comes back looking like Charlie Sheen, and he's got a motorbike, and it's, then he's got a car, and then... He, he challenges people who are involved in his death to race and his car becomes a futuristic supercar kind of thing and he raises them and they die. It's a very convoluted way to get revenge. <laughs> uh, so what I always liked to see in the trailer, and it, it, it was years before I saw the final film, but I, saw, I used to see the trailer on the start of videos when I was watching it when I was kids going, wow, that car looks cool. Wow, that's that Charlie Sheen guy. And, you know, wow, Shaolin Fenn looks making me feel funny all that kind of thing when i was a kid <laughs> but uh you just i was the car and you just racing it was all like it would open up and all steam you know there's all the mist to come out he gone what is this you know the voiceovers going he was dead and he came back he's not from around here things like that uh and it just there was loads of potential and then i saw the film and i was going what it was a mess it was just the logic was all over the place and oh it's just it's worth watching just to see you know a pretty bad movie but it was but I just think there's this idea, this you know, coming back, some undead thing coming back in this cool car, and then either racing people are doing stuff. So, I mean, imagine a wraith crossover with Fast and Furious. Oof. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's uh, Peyton Pendant on for me that one. So, one percent on that. But that's uh, that's my number five. Well, that's a good choice. It is definitely an '80s cult classic, if ever there was one. Yes, yes, yes. I, I agree. That could benefit from a cool remake. All right. Well, my number five is a comedy from 1987, and it is "Can't Buy Me Love," starring Patrick Dempsey. Um, and uh, it's funny because I just watched this movie recently, and I, I posted about it on Facebook, and everybody went nuts. Oh my god, I love that movie! I love that movie! I love that movie! <laughs> and it's a good film. It's not a bad movie in any way shape or form but it does that 80s thing where there's not really that many jokes in the film it's almost more like a drama than a comedy yeah except yeah. it's a very light-hearted drama obviously but it's you know it's about this nerdy kid who pays this popular girl like a thousand dollars to be his girlfriend for a month just so that he can become popular and i just think of you know how sophisticated some teenage comedies have become over the past you know a couple decades things like uh 10 things i hate about you and and she's all that and and movies like that and i feel like everybody always loves that that sort of, you know, the the dorky kid becomes the popular kid movie. And so I, I just think that, you know, most of the other ones have been about like, oh, it's it's a bet. We're going to turn the ugly girl into the popular girl. And I thought it was nice to see one where it was the guy for a change. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, he sort of has yeah. to pay this girl. Um, I do a side note. I find it very funny that Patrick Dempsey plays this like super nerdy, dorky kid, and then you know, twenty years later, <laughs> went on to become known as McDreamy to millions yeah, and millions no. of women across the world. So I guess he did okay. <laughs> it's ironic, yeah. isn't it? He turned out yeah. all right, but I think it could. I think it could be a fun remake. So we'll we'll see what happens. That's an excellent choice. Uh, okay, my number four is what a film from two thousand and three, uh, based on a comic book. It is The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Very good choice. So the comic book was the brilliant comic book which i really like by alan moore kevin o'neill it's the one he takes all the characters in public domain yes i think mainly it was all the characters by south conan doyle bram stoker hg wells jules verne robert louis Ian fleming kevin mel you name them you know and in the comic book it weaves them together so well you got this core team 
and they're not very nice. They're either drug addicts, things like this, but they're doing this to save people's lives and, you know, protect the British Empire, what have you, even though they don't want to. And it's just the way it's done in the comic book, you just, there's so many things. Even now, the more you read it, you're just picking up more references and you always realise that Alan Moore will have read and knows more about literature than you ever will. Right. But it, it's just, comic was brilliant. And then the film came out, I was going, wow, this could be quite good. And I watched the film and went, oh. That wasn't quite good. <laughs> yes, and then I've seen it a few times since, and every time I watch it, it just feels like it gets worse and worse. Yeah. And now I can no longer watch it. Yeah. Because it just, it just winds me up. Yeah. I mean, that, that film had a lot of problems. One of the problems was they couldn't get the rights to a, a, a large number of the characters that were in the comics. Yeah, so yeah. right then and there, you lost some of what made it so cool in the first place. Yeah. Um, but it is definitely a film that has way more problems than it should, and I agree with you that it's, it's still such a great concept. If they could get it right, get the right characters and, and get a good story it could be phenomenal so that's my number four very good well my number four is the one movie on my list that I really do truly love and it is 1992's Free Jack starring Emilio Estevez oh, Rene crap. Russo yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Hopkins <laughs> and even Mick Jagger and I really love this film and I actually watched it again not that long ago and I think it, it actually holds up very well I mean it's very 90s but um, basically it's the story of this race car driver he gets pulled from the past right at the moment of his death uh, and brought to the future so that he can and uh, Anthony Hopkins can put his mind from his dying body into this young man's body. But the problem, of course, is this young man, Emilio Estevez, still has his consciousness and doesn't want to have his body get taken over by Anthony Hopkins' mind. So he goes on the run. And I've always loved chase movies. Like any kind of movie where someone's being just chased for most of the film is is a genre I just I really enjoy. And this yeah. one does it very well. has a great ending. Um, there's a neat little love story even in there. And uh, it's just I, I think it's a great movie and I really like it. So why does it need to be remade? one might ask. And I think the reason mostly is just because it, it wasn't a big hit. You know, it made a yeah. little bit of money at the box office, but mostly it's kind of a cult classic. Uh, I think it's a great concept, and I feel like it's one of those ones they could sort of reboot slash remake, and no one's going to be really all that upset about it. But you could certainly do a lot of things with it now with special effects and technology, and, and I'm sure you could find some really cool actors, you know, to be in it. And I, I just think – actually, I think you could almost make a franchise out of it where every every you know every installment, it's a different person – you know, kind of getting pulled from the past and going on the run. It could make yeah, for... Yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, it works, works as a TV show as well, but... Uh, right, right, exactly. But, uh, no, the film, yeah, it's... As you say, if they said they are going to remake that, I think lots of people would be going, well, what, what's... I don't know. What, what's <laughs> right, the what's original? Free Jack? <laughs> yeah, but then other people as well who did know Free Jack be going, oh, cool, instead of going, oh, why are they doing that for? But, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a very good choice. Thank you. Okay. My number three is uh, from a 1983 British-American fantasy film, well, science fantasy film, they call it. It's, uh, it's Krull. Uh, yeah, Krull, Krull is the one uh, directed by Peter Yates. And I know some people who love Krull. Yeah, uh, it's got a big cult following for sure. Yeah. I, for one, cannot stand it. <laughs> I'm I'm in the middle on it. I don't love yeah. it, but I don't hate it either. Yeah. I think it's it's okay. It was, I didn't see it. It had been a good few years with it being out, so I was a bit older when I first saw it. Uh, some of my friends really like it, uh, but I just... I think it's dreadful. Yeah. I'm sorry to everybody involved. I, I think it's uh, one of those movies you have to watch with the sheen of nostalgia. And if you don't have yeah, that, yeah, it's yeah. hard. It's harder to stomach. Because I didn't see it till I was an adult either. And it definitely was kind of like, eh, not yeah. as good as people have made it out to be. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's got a score by James Horner. And it's got Liam Neeson and Robbie Coltrane in there. And it's got everything I should like. It's like a fantasy world, but it's like alien spaceship mountain thing. And then it's got the guy. It's got the, the weapon, the glaive, which is kind of cool. Yep. But the guy just seems to throw it and then stand with his hand out, you know, pouting all, more and more. And I just keeps cutting back to him and the glaive doing something other. Yeah, I, I thought it was lousy. 
So apologies though to all the people who love it because but I, I didn't see it when I was a kid. Right. But right. Uh, I think a remake of it would be you know the setup you got this the fact that it is a, a mountain spaceship thing which goes through dimensions or whatever lands and you can have a real good fantasy sci-fi mashup. It's got lots of potential to be something really cool. I agree. I agree. Good choice. Thank you. All right. Well, my number three, in retrospect, maybe it wasn't the best choice because they have, I just remembered, made a very successful TV series out of it uh, that is currently wrapping up its run. But um, in terms of a movie remake, I still think this could work. And it is Teen Wolf starring Michael J. Fox. Yes. And uh, Shout Factory has just put out uh, collector's edition Blu-rays of the first two fil- – well, the, the two films, Teen Wolf and Teen Wolf 2. Um, and I was like, man, I haven't seen these since the 80s. I can't wait to watch them. And they're really not very good. Uh, teen, teen Wolf, again, kind of like Can't Buy Me Love. It's one of those movies that is supposed to be a comedy but doesn't have a lot of jokes in it. So there's not much to laugh at. And it's it's really weird how he just turns into a werewolf in the middle of a basketball game and nobody – blinks an eye they're they're kind yeah, of shocked for like out. a second and then, and then he just walks around school all day as a werewolf and everyone's like yay you're cool um which is really strange and it's the sweatiest movie i've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life i know that sounds weird but now that it's going to come out on blu-ray everyone's going to go watch it i'm telling you every character in that movie is dripping with sweat the entire film it's so, and i don't mean just like a little sweaty i mean like Somebody sprayed them down with a hose before they started shooting every single scene. It's really disturbing, actually. Um, it's just not a great film. And wow, But okay. I, I love the concept of it. I think it would be great to have a, just like a movie. Because the Teen Wolf TV show is a, is a drama, sci-fi. Yeah, very, it's very serious, isn't it? Yeah, m- mythology-based. I, I want to see you know the 90-minute comedy version of it where there's a high school student who turns into a wolf and plays basketball but just isn't sweating all the time and is funnier. I want to see this concept done as a real comedy – that actually makes me laugh out loud. I, I could see that. We could do with a werewolf comedy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd be up for seeing that. Right. And I think, as you say, it, it'd be different from the Team Wolf TV show. So, yeah. Right. So that's that's my that's my number three. Okay. Uh, good choice. Uh, my number two is uh, Biggles. It was a 1986 sci-fi adventure film based on some novels I read when I was a kid. The novels were by W.E. Johns. And it was all about Royal Flying Corps pilot James Biggles Bigglesworth and his friends. Well, the... They started off in World War One, flying sop with camels and, you know, going into battle. And then it, he's one of those characters. He kept writing the books because he was in the, uh, I think he I think he was an actual pilot as well. He, John's the author. Uh, but then he, he carried it through and he ended up going in World War Two. And then he had all these other weird events, some adventures, you know, all around the world and things. But I, I read them all as a kid. My dad gave me some of them. And they were just great adventures. Probably, probably not all totally PC in places now because they were written back, you know, years and years ago right but uh at the time i didn't pick up any of that but full of adventure you know you're up, you're up in the skies you're flying a plane and then there's the enemy coming on there it just the, the way you wrote the battles were brilliant and i uh, just made me want to learn how to fly a plane it was just the characters were great there was biggles and ginger and all these other people with these you know funny diff- people with different nicknames and it just gave you this sense of camaraderie between the pilots and you know some of them died because it was war and you know it was it was drama it was funny high adventure all those things i loved and then the film came along in 1986 and they turned it into a time travel film where some guy uh from the 80s uh Biggles is investigating something in the past and he ends up coming to our future and this guy he meets goes back in past and I was watching going what the hell is this? what I'd waited for years to see this character on the big screen and then right. it, was just, it was just a mess Peter Cushing was in the film as well oh wow but it was a mess but I just want to see this I, I want to see a proper Biggles film I mean or TV show whatever but I want to see this you know it's in World War One, and it's them going on missions and 
we see the things like in, in Dunkirk as the uh, the Spitfires, but back in World War One they were just like with canvas and wires and wood, right. and they're going up fighting these people. And I want to see see that. When I mean, we saw a little bit of it in the Wonder Woman film, Chris Pine taken off. That was all World War One as well. I think there's time now is the time for a bit of Biggles. That sounds good to me. I have to be honest with you. I am not familiar with that film at all, so I'm curious. Uh, but it certainly sounds like something that could use a remake. Yes, yeah. Just, you know, making all sci-fi was a bit weird. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like it. But that was my number two. Very good. Okay, well, my number two is another film from 1987, uh, clearly a good year for remakes or potential remakes, and it is Black Widow, starring Deborah Winger and Teresa Russell. It's a thriller about a uh, a justice agent uh, of sorts. Uh, She works for some weird branch of the government, and she believes that there is a woman out there who is secretly poisoning her rich husbands uh, and becomes obsessed with finding her and then uh, sort of befriends her once she does and and tries to bring her down. it's, a, it's actually a pretty good film. Um, it's a little bit a little bit 80s in, in places. Um, a lot of big hair and, and questionable outfits. <laughs> but, um, I mean, Teresa Russell is stunning in it, and her performance is amazing. Deborah Winger's performance is fantastic. Um, but it's got some just weird kind of moments. It, it, like, it takes a little while to get going. Once it does, it gets more interesting. But I found the ending very unsatisfying. That was really what sort of did it for me. Like, it brings everything to a close, but there's sort of a weird line of dialogue that, that kind of throws things for a loop a little bit. And it sort of ends abruptly and kind of I don't know. It's like I mean, the film ends in a, in a, in a, in a way that it that it ends. It's not like it leaves you hanging or anything. But I just sort of kind of when it was over went, hmm, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but like I don't know why this one person did this thing. And I just you know, it's one of those films again. I think it was a moderate hit at the time, but I don't think it stayed in the the pop culture consciousness at all. And so I could see it. I could see it would make for a really good kind of you know thriller you know along the lines of like a gone girl or a girl on the train type of thing you know like a david fincher type director somebody tackling it and just really you know back then it was much more of kind of i felt like a a semi throwaway thriller i think now it could be really made into a good r-rated like you know intense movie so i think that one could be could be pretty cool okay i'm I'm aware of the film i don't think i've ever seen it though another one you mean yeah but no i like thrillers like that i do like some of those kind of thrillers but uh, a few of those late 80s early 90s thrillers they did have the same kind of problem. It was like a cool, cool idea, some good characters, but yeah, they just sort of they did have some weird things. Yeah, whether it was like a weird character or a weird little set piece. Yeah, or weird. Yeah, good. It just it, it's a good film, but it could be better. Okay, so my number one drum roll is a film which has been remade already. Hmm. Well, there's been two films and it was remade again. It is. It's another comic book movie. It is Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, yeah, boy howdy. <laughs> because uh, regular listeners will know both Mike and myself love comic books. Yep. I really love Fantastic Four comic book. You know, the first family of Marvel going off and exploring strange new worlds, uh, old family. You know, the the public love them in the comics. They're always around and everything. And then we have the films. I mean, to be honest, the first couple of films, they get bits of it bits of it right. I like bits, elements of yes, the first couple of films. I agree, I agree. Yeah, they get, I mean, the costumes, there's a bit of humour, some of it's dreadful humour. Right. But it's still there. Right. And we get the, it's a bit, ba- the casting could have been a little bit better, but it's still, they still work with what they do. And then they get Rise of the Silver Surfer. And I thought that would expand on it. We saw with the Fantastic Car. Who ever thought we'd see the Fantastic Car in a film? Yeah, right. <laughs> and we saw we had a great, you know, we saw the Silver Surfer. And then we had, what the hell would you think of with Galactus? What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, then, then sort of, you know, Chris Evans became Captain America because he was the human torch in them. And they sort of got pushed to one side. But to keep things, you know, keep the rights, the studio, Fox had to make another film. 
So they brought us another film in 2015, directed by Josh Trank, who wrote The Wonderful Chronicle, and recast it. I mean, they rebooted the whole thing from scratch. Oh, yeah, they rebooted, they rebooted the whole thing, basic, basing it more on the Ultimate uh, Universe, Fantastic Four, which lots of the Marvel Cinematic Universe have been doing anyway. But, it, I mean, initially it looked, you know, I was going, okay, you know, I'm up, I'm down with this. Right. Uh, the, th- the Thing stuff was looking good. Doctor Doom was going to be in it, but then we mentioned he was going to be some kind of blogger or computer expert. And you go, oh, hold on. And then things started coming out about the production not being too good. And there's some bits in the, the trailer which looked kind of good. You thought the thing was going to drop out of a plane and just destroy stuff. And then the film comes out and it just goes boom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's... It was a non-fire. Lots of the scenes we promised weren't in it. And it's lots and of And the Fantastic Four features. wasn't really in it. That's part of yeah, the problem exactly, with yeah. it. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're it barely wasn't Fantastic Four from the comics. Yeah, I mean, I, I I watched that film actually not long ago, and I'll I'll say it's not the worst movie I've ever seen by any stretch of the imagination, but it is by far the worst Fantastic Four film. And I know that's not a very big a deep thing, but like, it's just not a Fantastic Four film. If they had just called that movie like you know, yeah, science experimenters or <laughs> not really, but any yeah, anything is, other yeah. than Fantastic Four, it would have been like, oh, well, this is an interesting movie about four teenagers who get powers. Okay, I'm I'm down with that. Kind of like a Chronicle or a, you know those types of movies like Project Almanac, something like that, where it's sort of more of you know this the kind of unknown characters, but they make it interesting. But trying to call that an FF movie was a travesty. Yeah. I mean, Josh Trank could have done something. He could have done a sequel to Chronicle using the basic concept. You know, it's some different kids right. or people that are investigating the. Uh, hold on, we're doing enough to the end. Then we've already done enough to the end. <laughs> Chronicle, I'm yeah. back in episode three. Yep. Episode three, kids yep. go back there. But yeah, he could have had the, some some kids, well, teenagers investigating another part of the the asteroid, whatever, in the lab. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it that had been, been a Chronicle sequel to Chronicle, if it had been Chronicle 2 and they just hadn't called it Fantastic Four, it would have been like, oh, this yeah. is great. But yeah. as a Fantastic Four movie, it was it was pretty horrid. Yeah, because there's so much potential for those characters. Yes. I, would have, I wish Marvel Studios had the rights because I'd love to have seen Fantastic Four, you know, back in phase one of the Marvel films. Right. Have, have, you know, Reed Richards as a mainstay of the, you know, the Marvel Universe with his, you know, intellect making stuff and have, see the Baxter building. Right. As well as Avengers Tower. Well, maybe Marvel will get the yeah. rights back just in time to make them the sort of flagship films and turn them into a big powerhouse like they should be. It would be great because, I mean, the characters are so, so good. Indeed. So much potential. And if you just haven't had that potential realized on the big screen. Very good choice for number one, Phil. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Thank you very much. All right. Well, my number one is completely different from that, but it is the film actually that inspired this list because I watched it on Blu-ray just recently. I really wanted to like it, and I sort of liked it, but I didn't love it. And the film is 1981's Outland, starring Sean Connery. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and the basic concept is it is basically a remake of High Noon, but set yeah. in the future on a base station base on Jupiter. Uh, or yeah. one of the moons of Jupiter, I should say. Uh, which, I mean, how cool does that sound, you know? And so basically it's, it's you know, it's Sean Connery plays this, like, sheriff on this sort of corrupt station, and there's bad guys coming to kill him and, and you know, drug dealers in the future, and, and nobody will help him, so he has to go up against them on his own. And there's some cool set pieces where they go outside into the atmosphere and spacesuits and everything, you know. But the problem is it, with it is, is twofold. One, the first half of the film is really boring. It only gets good the second half once the sort of countdown starts. Yeah, there's lots of set 
setup, isn't there? But it's not actually yes, that interesting. Right, setup. right, exactly. And the second part is just the special effects are really dated, and some of the scenes, you know, just look old, and the special effects don't hold up as well as they could. But I love the idea of I would love to see like a big budget remake, you know, where it's it's you know one guy up against a bunch of bad guys on a space station, you know, moon base type thing, you know, in the moons of Jupiter. I mean, it's just a cool concept, and so um, you know, Sean Connery was good in it, but the film just really hasn't aged all that well. Uh, like I said, the last 45 minutes or so is worth watching, but the first 45 minutes or so is not. So I, I think it's ripe for a remake. I think it could be a really cool, fun, you know, big budget kind of, or even a smaller budget film just done really, you know, made it yeah. really nice and taut and tense and get that intensity out of it. You know, a movie with a lot of potential doesn't quite live up to it and hasn't aged all that well. So I would love to see a new a new version of Outland. That's an excellent choice. And also, you could do it, you know, because Ridley Scott's making all, you know, the Alien prequels. I always felt Outland could be set in the same kind of universe as oh, Wayne yeah. and Titani. Yeah. It could be just like a space station and the same thing. Right. You could do it. if they, So if they want to keep making Alien films. Well, let's make alien films set in the Alien universe that really are set in the same universe, but telling different stories. Right. Give us the things we want like that. You could have like a guy, you know, the sheriff fighting a few people on a space station. You could have colonial marines on a mission with nothing to do with the xenomorph, things like that. But right. no, Outland, yeah, is an excellent choice. And there's loads and loads of ways you could go with that. Yeah. yeah it was, That's an excellent pick. Thank you. I, like I, was, I was watching that and then it made me go, you know what we need? We need a top five films we want to see remade because this mm. is going to be my number one for sure. Yeah. And it's definitely a list we can come back to in a, you know, a few months or next year or something. Oh, yeah. Because there's yeah. so many more. There's, there's definitely a lot. As, as, as we watch films, too, I'm sure we'll see some and go, this needs a remake. Yes, this will yes. be a, There will be a part two to this list sometime in the future. You can all look forward to that. And there'll definitely be another one when, when all of these films we mentioned do get remade. <laughs> right. And go, well, what did we think of them compared to the original? Exactly. We called it first. That's right. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yes. All right. Well, on that note, then, it's time for us to start wrapping things up. Phil, tell people how they can get in touch with us if they want to share movies that they think should be remade. Yes. Well, you can email, uh, send it to after the ending at Verizon.net on Twitter at after underscore the ending and Facebook.com slash after the ending podcast. And you can leave a message on whichever, whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. Uh, but just get in touch, yeah, with any of these films, any of the films you feel should get remade, or tell us why the ones we've mentioned don't need a remake because they're your favorite film of all time. <laughs> right, which would be interesting considering some of the movies that we've listed. But, you know, I'm sure there's somebody out there who thinks The Wraith is the greatest film ever. So, And I'm sure there's lots of people going, what is he talking about? Crawl's brilliant. So I apologize. <laughs> uh, that one there probably is because it's got, it's got its fan following yeah. for sure. I understand. It should have ticked all my boxes. It just didn't. Listen, I get it. I get it. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we are going to wrap things up for this episode. Until next week, we will be back to be remade into a new episode of After the Ending. So until that time, as always, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the Ending. I don't know what that means. I guess it means that we're long-winded. No, it just (laughs) means we're, you know, we want to get everything out. I don't know if that's a good quality or a bad quality. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so top five films we want to see remade. Yes, or five, maybe not top five, just maybe five films we'd like to see remade. That'd be better. Damn you, and you're not numbering your lists. No, I'm just talking because it's, it's the kind of one me. where the list can change every day when you just suddenly go, oh, there's that film as well. Well, mine's a top five. Oh, we'll go so with top five. Then. What get, the hell? Deal with what it. What the hell? <laughs>
You and your your chaos, your Mr. Anarchy over here. Oh, no. Is Anarchy in the UK, is that like your personal theme song? <laughs> don't particularly like that song, to be honest. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of punk. It's too messy. It's too messy. I like a bit more order. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny coming from you, <laughs> Mr. I don't number my list. <laughs> ah, yes. Crawl. They already remade Crawl. Did they? Yeah, with Kevin Sorbo. Was no, that, that was no, that was Cole. Sorry. Cole, yeah. yeah. You can Oof. see how I got those confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>